Welcome back to Monsters and Mixers. I'm Amy. And I'm Emma. And Emma thinks I'm funny today. Ha ha. <laughs> we have a special episode for you today. There's not going to be a whole lot of us talking. It's primarily going to be the interview we did yesterday from one of our favorite haunted locations in our hometown. Yeah, the Mineral Springs Hotel or Mineral Springs Mall as it is known now. Um... Yeah, we got to surprisingly go. He took us, I thought we were just going to do an interview in like the lobby or like an office area. And he actually uh, took us downstairs to the basement in which their vacant pool is. And it was... It was interesting. You'll have to wait to see, but it was terrifying. Uh, I'm just going to preface this with saying, um, you can vouch for me. I am not like easily frightened i watch a lot of scary movies i am not afraid of ghost stories i'm not afraid when i'm talking about like the paranormal it doesn't scare me but for some reason yesterday i had like a physical reaction which has probably never in my life happened to me um and i can't explain it because i wasn't afraid of what he was saying i wasn't afraid really of where we were i mean it was dingy and musty smelling. yeah and like, like kind of spooky but it wasn't like terrifying I mean, the lights were on it wasn't anything like that but my heart was like pounding multiple times and it would be in like increments it's not like my heart was pounding the whole time i'd have like a minor like panic attack is what it felt like and then it stopped and i'd be okay and then there'd be like two more times where that happened so if you hear me in there saying that i feel kind of weird I felt really weird. Like, I felt weird even when I left. Like, I was sitting there. I was trying to calm myself down. I don't know what caused it. I really don't know. But I felt very off. I did not feel good. (laughs) I will just say that. I thought I was going to call 911. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I felt like I was on the verge of, like, a full-blown panic attack. And if any of you have ever panicked before, you know how that feels. I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. My heart was beating very fast. I felt like this weird, like tenseness and like tightness in my jaw um and it would go away like 20 minutes would pass and it would come like back full force it wasn't even like easing myself into it my heart would just fucking pound so if you hear me say that that's what was happening um it and it was definitely a very surreal experience lots of things that happened i would like to talk about it more so at the end after you get a chance to listen because i don't want to give too much away. Yeah. So we are, um, I d- did I mention drinks? We did not have a drink recipe posted this week because we couldn't drink on location. So we are actually going to sit here and listen with you while we drink our Seagram's Escapes um, Cherry Italian Ice. <laughs> yeah. So feel free to drink whatever beverage of choice you want that you have sitting around in your house, in your bar, or wherever. Yeah, this isn't a typical episode either, so we didn't really do it in typical episode fashion. Um, this is a treat, I feel like, yeah. for our audience and for us. It was a very cool experience, and we will be going back. Absolutely. Um, we were actually invited back, so yeah. <laughs> we will be returning. It That's was very awesome. cool. And we want to give a special thank you, and we will do this again at the end, to our host, Dave, because he was spectacular. You can find them at the Mineral Springs Mall in Alton, Illinois, and they have a shop called It's Raining Zen, which has lots of really cool crystals, a lot of unique um, books and things if you're into spirituality and 
things of that nature. You can buy all of your goodies there. That's where we get our sage, which um, Emma made me use on her when we got <laughs> home last night. I've been shopping there for years. I get all my jewelry there. I get my crystals there. Um, That's where I get all my bags. So incense, anything you could want if you're of that kind of thing. They have awesome rings. They have like crystal necklaces. They have everything. They have like everything you could want yeah. if you're like into stuff like that. And it's always best to support local if you can. So if you are local, go check them out. And you can go walk around a lot of the mall and see some things. Can't get to the, the cool place we were at, but you can explore a little bit. You can get to that place if you decide to do a tour, which I recommend doing. Yeah. Because um, it's just, especially if you live in the area, it's cool to know the history of the buildings that have been around for a hundred years. Yeah. Um, so I recommend. So um, I am going to just let you guys know ahead of time, you're not going to hear Emma and I talking a whole lot because Dave was so good at telling his stories that we didn't need to ask questions and I when I previewed the audio I'm gonna apologize ahead of time I said uh-huh and yes to him a lot because we were having normal conversation and I wanted to make sure that I was being attentive so I apologize if that annoys you I did not want to edit the recording in any way because I didn't want you guys to think that we had fudged any of the things that happened that you hear and I thought it was way more authentic. We were in the pool, like Emma said, so it is kind of echoey. Please listen if you hear something that we don't acknowledge or you think you hear somebody talking or something ghostly going on, drop us a line and let us know. Mm -hmm. There are some things you're gonna hear that are not supernatural and I wanna give you a heads up so you're not like, oh, I think I heard something. The floor was covered in like a sandy gravel and I readjust my legs a lot and Dave was also moving around and Emma moving around. So you might hear what sounds like um, feet shuffling on gravel and that is feet shuffling on gravel. And I had some dangly earrings and that occasionally you might hear and Dave had a bracelet on that mm -hmm. was making some, some um, sounds. So those are normal sounds, but there are other things that are definitely not normal sounds that you will hear. And if you hear something we don't acknowledge, we definitely want to hear about it. Yeah. And don't make fun of my freak out moment because I promise you, I am not a person who freaks out a lot. It was very out of my character. And I hope you agree with that. Yeah, I, definitely very I am not afraid of things. Um, we, we spent like a summer one year just going to abandoned buildings. And I was usually the first person inside of those buildings. Yeah. Like those things don't, they don't freak me out. So, yeah. Right. Um, Without further ado... Please enjoy our day at Mineral Springs yeah. Mall. And if you hear anything that we don't talk about, comment it and let us know, please. Thank you. Okay, so I think this should be good. All right. We are here at Mineral Springs Mall in Alton, Illinois with one of the owners, Dave Nun Nunley. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Just Dave. It's easier. Just Dave? Okay. <laughs> Just Dave. So thank you very much for having us. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and give us a little background about you and your spiritual um, yeah, endeavors? Sure. I, I'm Dave, and I own a training zen uh, and also take care of all of the activities here in the Mill Springs Hotel. Uh, the hotel is no longer a hotel. It's just a business location, but it's a very haunted business location. Um, what brought me to Alton, I came here in 2014 um, in the military. Uh, I was in the Navy, but I was assigned to Scott Air Force Base. And uh, after a career spanning many decades, I chose to retire in 2019. 
and uh, we stayed here, my wife and I, Donna, stayed here in Alton, and we're the caretakers for this old building. Um, my spiritual journey, that's a more complicated question than I can answer okay. in an hour, I think. Um, I, I grew up in Oklahoma, I have a bachelor's degree in anthropology, uh, minors in history and religion, went on to graduate school in different fields. Uh, but because of my career in the military, I traveled around the world. I have um, been to, visited, you know, spent the night in, I guess is the best way to say it, over 60 countries. Um, I was gone out of the States for probably close to 10 years of my life. And I wasn't real interested in doing what a lot of people in the service do, which is, you know, go to the bar, get a tattoo, go raise hell. I was more interested in going to churches and synagogues, mosques and temples, to historic sites, holy sites, museums. I was kind of a nerd. Um, and that really opened my eyes up, uh, I think, to comparative religion and my background in anthropology sort of fueled that for me personally. Um, and I just wanted to try and have a bigger, broader understanding of the people that I was working with. And, and what I came to realize is that we're all the same. Everyone sort of wants the same things out of life for themselves and their families. Um, and they're simply just trying to explain the unexplainable. And, and that kind of meshed nicely with my business, the It's Rainy Zone Shop, and with what happens here at the Middle Springs. It's all unexplainable, and we're just seeking answers for it. Very cool. Yeah, I also am very into the paranormal, spiritual things. I like to explore and look at different religions and different life views. And my philosophy is that we all, I think, are moving towards the the same concept but mm -hmm. our spiritual guides may be different so i feel like the end is always the same but the people that help get us there are different yeah we could all get in cars and drive to california and go different ways but we'll all get there we'll right just see different things along the way and travel different paths but i think we'll all get to the same place um just our journey is unique to each of us yeah, I... was there anything like specific that drew you to alton or like this building <laughs> oh yeah it was really it was really strange um i'm gonna lean over closer to the the uh the recording devices because we're in an echoey pool and i'm worried about the audio quality for you guys um, just so everybody knows i'm super geeked out right now because i did not expect to get to come to the pool and so i'm kind of fangirling right now well we could have done this down in the slaughterhouse which is even worse um you guys are nice to me, I'll take you down there before okay. you go. Um, why Alton? So, before I lived here, uh, my wife and I lived in Memphis, Tennessee, um, which is another weird place for a Navy person to be assigned. Um, the Bureau of Navy Personnel was relocated to Millington, Tennessee, from Washington, D.C., about, say, 20 years or so ago. Um, one of those congressional deals, if you, know, you do this, I'll do this. Right. So I ended up having this assignment in Tennessee for five years of my career in the middle of nowhere. And when the opportunity came to leave Tennessee, um, I had a choice of going to San Diego, Washington, D.C., uh, Norfolk, Virginia. There's a big flash of light back there. Oh, it's because there's a bulb burning out. That oh. scared the hell out of me. <laughs> um, it is a haunted pool, so you never know. It is very weird. But San Diego, I've never seen, I've never been in a room when that happened like that, that was weird. Um, San Diego, D.C. and Norfolk didn't really appeal to me, and the, the chance to come to Illinois did. Uh, my wife is from a, a small town not far from here, and so we came here uh, in what people in the military call house hunting, you know, looking for a place to live, and we looked in Edwardsville, and we thought for sure we were going to buy a house there, but uh, we rescue dogs and horses, and I need a lot of land. 
and uh, every offer we put in on a home in 2014, um, we just, we were in the wrong place at the wrong time. So we were driving back to Memphis and the real estate agent called us and said this house uh, in Madison County, it's not in any city, just popped up on the market. Um, if you wanna take a look at it, I would recommend you, you come now. And so we turned around and drove three hours back up here and saw the house and put the offer in on it. And, and that's why we ended up in this part of the state as uh, it was really the only place we could find. But I, I think that was fortune smiling on us because it gave us the opportunity to learn and explore Alton a little bit, and it, it's a perfect fit for, for my wife's business, my business now. Yeah. Um, so there's no such thing as coincidence. It was just a like synchronicity. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's how we ended up here. It was just destiny. That's awesome. How long after moving here did you guys acquire the building? Well, we just managed the building. The, okay. the building is owned by a friend of mine named Dan. Uh, he bought it in an auction. Um, I, I can't tell you what he paid for it. Uh, but it was a lot less than you might suspect. Um, it was less expensive than a fully loaded SUV. Oh, I will wow. tell you that much. Um, and Dan bought it in 2016 and we moved in then. Okay. Um, but we take care of everything for him. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna say he's a silent owner, but he's kind of a silent owner in it. Uh, I think three-fourths of the town thinks I own the building and I don't. I, I actually yeah. did, so I apologize. Yeah, I know, it's and not I a big I'm, I'm used to it. Um, I don't want to own the building. I mean, I'm retired, and I, I have one foot out the door pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. I, my heart's in California, in Colorado, where I, I spent a lot of my career uh, in California. And we, we're out there anyways three months a year, and soon four months, and soon five months. And then there's going to be a point where we're like, what are we doing? Right. Let's just stay and maybe go back to Illinois. In the that your home is the place you yeah for a month or so it's like when do you come here do you come in the winter no because it's miserable do you come in the summer well it's equally as miserable <laughs> yeah. so maybe two months in the spring and two months in the fall would be my illinois home and the rest of the year i would be out west i think but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there very cool we have some listeners that are not from the united states actually we can see our listeners so for those of you who are not familiar with this area it is a hellscape it is <laughs> super hot or super cold like you just said and I really can see no reason why anyone would want to permanently live here for the rest of their life, unless they have to. Yeah, all four seasons, but the extremes of all right. four seasons. But the people are the people so are sweet here. Yes. After living on the coasts, you get a fundamentally different personality on the East Coast and the West Coast of the United States, but people in the Midwest are just so nice yeah. that, you know, you just enjoy being around them. Um, no, I feel so bad for I take it back. Well, no, you know what I mean. It's no. very community-oriented, yeah. yeah. as opposed to, like, bigger cities where it's very individualistic and not really, like, yeah, but caring as much, you know? I think the coolest thing, though, about Alton, and, and it, not so much the other small towns around here, like Bethalto, Wamora, or Fossil, but Alton, because it is America's most haunted small town, mm -hmm. there's this really creepy, weird underbelly in Alton. Yeah of paranormal enthusiasts, of true crime enthusiasts, of haunty, gothy, odd people like me. Yeah. And, and so people like me and like you guys, well, we all fit in here. Right. And, and we really wouldn't fit in in a town of 30,000 people anywhere else in the country. But here, it's kind of encouraged and accepted. It's okay to have a haunted house. It's okay to talk about it. It's yeah. okay to experience it. You know, if this were another small town in like Oklahoma where I grew up, Oh my God, they'd run you out of town on a rail if you talked about hauntings. Have you on a stake somewhere? Absolutely, yeah. 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 
I do like that Alton like embraces its history because yeah. a lot of places don't. Yeah, and there's there, so the, there is so much history here that needs to be embraced and talked mm-hmm. about. Yeah, for sure. Just making sure. Yep, still recording. All right, so we are. Um, okay, so that question doesn't apply because you already talked about it, but. I know that we're in the pool right now, and what originally brought a lot of people to the hotel was the promise of being cured in the springs. And I find that to be very ironic that the two people that are, I think, connected the most with the pool, I know there's one for sure, but then there's, you said Cassie, right? Cassie's little girl, yeah. Cassie's little girl, but then the young man is the confirmed death, and his name is Clarence. Clarence Blair, that's right. So Clarence is the confirmed death here, and I, I... just find that ironic that the people that came here to be cured are the ones that are stuck here forever for their death. And I don't know if there's just any anything that you've ever felt down here. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of heavy right now. I'm feeling like very yeah, heavy while I sit here. Yeah, you feel like you're underwater. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're literally sitting in the deepest part of the pool. I mean, it's about 10 feet deep right here. Uh, there's no water. There hasn't been water in the pool since 1968. So this pool has been dry now for 54 years. Your question about hauntings in the pool, though, it it makes perfect sense if you look at the history of the building um, holistically. I mean, from from, from beginning to end. First of all, Cassie, the little girl, that's not a true story. Okay. No little girl ever drowned in this pool. I don't care what anyone says and that's kind of what i was seeing it's online. a fact. that's why i was like i know yeah. there's one confirmed yeah. but yeah she didn't drown in the pool uh but that doesn't mean there's not a little girl who haunts the pool and i'll explain why i say that in a second um the hotel opened in 1914 and it stayed open until 1970. there was not a day it was condemned by the way there was not a day that went by from 1914 to 1970 that the Middle Springs Hotel wasn't mentioned in the Alton Telegraph for whatever reason. Whether it was a wedding reception or a, a, a funeral party that had come to town to gather for, for putting someone uh, you know, to, to final rest. The paper covered everything that happened here. There were telephones. There was a robust police force in Alton in 1914. So when things happened, when true crime happened in this building, it was recorded. Um, there's a great, great story of a dentist from up in uh, uh, Jerseyville, I think it was, um, who had been accused of killing his father uh, and his father's African-American uh, housekeeper. And he fled to St. Louis, and they didn't catch him. He was with his mother, who was an invalid at the time. He was passing back through Alton to go back to Jerseyville, and they stopped and spent the night here. She fell down the stairs and broke her leg. That's the story of the Jasmine Lady, which mm-hmm. we'll probably come to a little bit later. Probably that's the story we think. Right. She didn't die here in the hotel at all, but there's still a spirit here that seems to be here. Same thing with Cassie. I think Cassie came to the pool when she was a little girl. And so it was a fond memory, a good place, somewhere she connected to kind of thing? Yeah, that's why churches and schools mm-hmm. and, 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 and hotels, I think, are so haunted because people have these really powerful memories you know you consummate a marriage or you lay someone to to rest forever uh you know all you, you go to school and you have that one teacher that just lights you up because you now have a passion to learn something that maybe you know they passed on to you 
So people had these really visceral experiences in places like hotels. And I think Cassie had one of those. I think she was a young girl. And I think when she came here, this was the biggest indoor swimming pool in Illinois in 1914. I think she probably came here in the 1920s. Mm -hmm. And I think she had the time of her life. The water was pumped up from the sub-basement. It came up actually right here near your feet. It was in the high 80s in terms of temperature. It was sulfuric. They treated the water so it didn't smell so bad that it was warm. And this room was painted bright white. And there were orchestras that played in here. And candles that were floating in the water. And a dumb waiter that would bring food and cocktails. And they had parties down here every night. So when you walked in here and you were a five or six year old child. I would be mesmerized. It's like being on a Disney cruise ship today. And I think, I think Cassie had the time of her life here. And I think that when she passed away, whether that was in a car on the trip home, or she lived to be 90 years old and died of old age. I think that this was the one place in her life that she never felt more alive. It's kind of like if you could go to the one place you've been to on vacation that was the best you've ever experienced, you know, where would you leave right now and go to? You know, I, I wouldn't want to be an old man. I would want to be 18 again. Right. I would want to be in San Diego. I would want to be fit. I would want to, you know, the best time of my life was those years. And that's where I would want to haunt. I hope if something happens to me, I don't haunt this old building because it's mm -hmm. nasty and dingy. But, but that's where she comes from. Clarence Blair drowned in the pool right up there on that end on the shallow end. He came here for swimming lessons and uh, dove into the pool and broke his neck and, uh -huh. and drowned. And depend on who tells the story, you know, they didn't discover his body right away. It, People were coming for swimming lessons. Someone got in the pool within 30 minutes. Right. That's reasonable. Yeah. And found him, stepped on him. He didn't float, he just sunk to the bottom. Mm -hmm. But the story that Clarence, you know, sunk to the bottom of the pool and because it was mineral water and you couldn't see him, he stayed down there and stewed like a tomato oh, for two or three minutes. That's terrible. Crap. Yeah. Am I allowed to curse on your princess? Yeah, it's we, complete bullshit. Yeah, we, <laughs> it just didn't happen that way. <laughs> we have the explicit check. I think that's I have really interesting that you say that too, because I feel like there's a common misconception that like when you die, wherever you die is where you have to, like your spirit has to stay. And that's kind of like a drag way of like looking at the afterlife. Like, yeah, that could happen to you, but it could also be like you say, where like the place where you felt most alive in your lifetime is where you want to go back to, not necessarily where you're physical body left. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, you just don't know. I, I hope we have, well, I hope we don't have a choice. I hope that after lives are over, that we just move on to the next thing, whatever that is. I, I would hate to think that I'm going to be forced to make a decision about do I stay in this state or do I move on? And if I stay in this state, where do I choose to go? I mean, that seems like a very overwhelming decision. I, I have had the experience of being resuscitated. Um, I mean, I was in the military for a very long time, and I know what I experienced when I stopped breathing for a short period what of time. What did you experience? Was it like what everyone says, like the lights and stuff? Kinda, it was. It, I could, I, mine, uh, mine was in a car accident. I wish it were more dramatic than that, but it wasn't. Um, I was rear-ended um, and pushed in a little convertible I used to own into a barrier wall, and I hit it going like 50 miles an hour. It was bad. And um, all I remember is seeing my body laying on the ground. And I remember almost like I was hovering 
matching my arm and leg positions over the top of my body. I'm holding my arms out while I talk about it. Yeah, a mirror image, exactly. And I was just sort of floating above it, maybe 10 feet. And then all of a sudden, my body got really small. Not like blink of an eye, but like I was ascending very rapidly. And the periphery started getting brighter and wider until it had completely closed in and I didn't see my body anymore and it was just brilliant white. And it sounded like someone had all the keys on a piano. Like, dong! Like, that's it. And, and I was awake and I was resuscitated uh, in the trauma ward at the hospital. Do you remember feeling, like, scared or, like, was it peaceful? Or I remember feel feeling anything? pissed off that yeah. I had been resuscitated. I was pretty happy where I was. Really? I wasn't real thrilled about coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So I have... You know, this sort of weird experience that happened to me that plays into how I talk about the hauntings. Because I, I lead all the tours here and do all the history, I do all the, it's horrible English, <laughs> provide all the history discussions and sort of educate folks that come to visit the building about the hauntings and, and what, we, you know, what we live down here in Middle Springs. But I've got that other perspective right. that I think enables me to have um, less of a showman. A sensationalistic way of telling their stories and maybe a way that appeals to them a little bit more as crazy as it sounds my wife and I made a deal with the spirits of this building and we, we said nothing will happen to you if you don't allow anything to happen to us we will not change anything we will make sure that you're treated with kindness and dignity and respect um, and you treat us that way and you treat our guests that we bring around the building that way too. No scratching, no biting, you know, no. No meanness. Just, yeah, just don't, don't be assholes. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, knock on wood, so far, you know, that was me knocking it with the ghost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That'd be awesome so far it's worked out, <laughs> it's worked out that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, that being said, have you ever been like afraid here? Yeah, twice. There are two parts of the building I'm not real fond of. Um, we are near um, one of them. It's actually about 75, 80 feet from us right now. And um, I won't, I'll go there, but I won't stay in there for long. There is a, a hallway that is just to the west of where we're sitting right now in the pool. It's a long hallway and it runs down to, there's a bathroom down there. And um, my, my friend Chris Sutton uh, was here with me one day. And we were walking down there looking for, uh, it's just the truth, because we leave the front doors of the building open. Um, you know, Alton is like, Mark Twain called Alton a dismal little river town. Alton is not unlike every other town on the Mississippi. We, we have our challenges in this community. And so we do have a, a homeless problem. Um, I don't really think problem is the right way to describe it. We have a homeless population. Mm -hmm. But I do believe they should be treated um, unless they behave in a way that dictates otherwise with dignity. Mm -hmm. and, and part of that dignity is we have restrooms in the building and they should, they should be given the opportunity to use them. There's nothing wrong with that. If we have ice water and coffee you know, in the winter and moderns, it doesn't hurt anybody. But, but with that comes the need to walk the building and make sure everyone's out right. at nighttime because it's not a shelter. I can't do that and I don't want to do that because we have tenants that live here. And that's a liability on your end. Huge liability. Yeah. I mean, imagine if they walked in here and didn't know that there was this drop and 
fell and broke their arm in this pool. Right, you know, or tr- worse. Yeah. yeah. It, so I was walking down this hall with Chris looking for some uh, a guy, and uh, he and I both just got completely overcome with anger, uh, which is not our style mm-hmm. at all. We're not angry guys. I mean, we're, you know, I hug the guy when I see him. I might even kiss him on the cheek, I think. I don't even know. Maybe I do. But we were just ready to go at each other. So two, you know, past middle-aged fat guys were, <gasps> and I just don't like that hallway. The other space is in the back of the building. There's an area that was the loading dock for the, the building. It's, it's off limits now. One of the tenants keeps his cars in there. It's not an area that people really want to investigate anyways. And I had gone back there one night looking for um, a homeless person, again, um, before the cars were there. And as I was walking through that part of the building, which there is no power to it, the lights flickered, like came on for a split second, kind of like what we saw back mm-hmm. there, which it hasn't done it since uh, we I saw talked it about it. Flowing a little bit, and then it just stopped. It just stopped. Yeah. Well, I'm walking through the space, and where there's no power in the building, one of the fluorescent lights in the fixture just fires up for a split second. And it scared the hell out of me. I think I peed myself. I mean, there's no one back there. Right, no. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna die and no one's gonna know. So I grabbed a two by four and I'm getting ready to swing at whoever's coming after me. And I'm walking backwards, I'm looking around, my heart is racing. Um, and there was an old realistic AM transistor radio from Radio Shack. And when I passed by it, it went and hissed at me with static. I threw the two by four down and ran out. And I really have not walked, I, I have not walked to the back of the loading area since. I won't go in there. So there's definitely some energy floating through there using the electricity to make itself known. I think so, but the, the wiring in that part of the building isn't alive. There hasn't been power down there since the probably the 80s. Yeah, just using maybe the energy yeah. of the water and the residual energy of the other spirits here. Yeah, I mean, you know, the building was condemned in 1970 and closed for 10 years. And um, this kind of brings us back full circle to the first question that you asked me about Cassie and Clarence mm-hmm. Blair. For 10 years, the building was abandoned. I mean, nothing happened here except people broke into the sub-basement and camped out down there. Whether they were homeless or drug dealers or drug addicts or prostitutes or Johns, we don't know what happened, we know that those things happened mm-hmm. there. For sure they happened there. Because we still have minor bits of that to this day that go on around the building and people trying to break in. And uh, that contributed a lot to the hauntings that are down there. Here in the pool, there used to be an organization in town that hosted tours of this building. And one of the things that they enjoyed doing um, they enjoyed it, I think they really truly did, was they would hold a seance here in the pool, but they weren't specific in how they opened the seance up. So they would encourage any spirits that want to manifest or make their presence known to those participating in the circle to do so. And and what they did was basically throw a house party Mm -hmm. for any spirit that wanted to manifest. And when the shit hit the fan, because it can. Because all the bad guys came too. Right, and they never closed them down or sent the spirits back where they came from. So when you come to the pool of this building, 
Yeah, we do know that there is the historic haunting of Clarence Blair. Mm -hmm. We've got that. We know about the folklore haunting of Cassie. We've got that. But there are so many other spirits associated with this particular space in the building that there is no story for. And you guys mentioned when we first got down here the Ghost Adventures episode, mm -hmm. which I get a lot of criticism about. People either love the Ghost Adventures show or they hate it. We love it. I, I'm with you. We're a huge fan. I think we talk about them a lot. The, the, guy, the guys are all really, really, really nice. Yeah. They're super, super nice. And it's a TV show. Mm -hmm. And you have to approach watching that show we still good? Yep, I'm okay. just making sure it's still okay. rolling. Yep. We have to, you have to approach that show with the perspective that it's being produced for television. Okay. Things were not staged. I can, I, I can tell you right now, nothing that they taped in this building was staged because I was there. Even though they were locked down, I was here the whole time they were here. I heard the same things. I saw the same things that they taped. Their experiences, they reported them exactly as they happened. Some of the history, you know, Confederate prison limestone, mm -hmm. it's not true. And that just is kind of an Alton folklore. It is Alton folklore. Yeah. There's not a building in Alton that was built out of limestone from the prison. The prison stood into the 20th century. All of downtown Alton had already been built. There are some present prison limestone chunks, you know, around town. People used them in landscaping. And it was grounded in gravel, but that limestone wasn't used for paving roads here. Right. It was used over in Missouri to pave roads. So there's, you know, the, when, when he did that outside of the building, I just held my head in my hands and I was like, oh shit, that's not true. But, you know, it didn't take away from the story right. of the building. And the experience that Dakota had in the pool, or actually in that door that's just over your shoulder, was a legitimate, terrifying experience for him. He was pretty new to the show at that time, right? Wasn't yeah, he, he just was. like a couple weeks into being their cameraman. He hadn't been with them for very, very yeah. long, no. And, um, and he, I remember when we watched it, he looked so genuinely just terrified. Like, if he wasn't experiencing that, then he deserves an Oscar because it was. He looked so upset and so viscerally affected. He did, and you know, and I'm I'm close to that story because that was my wife that was speaking with him mm -hmm. upstairs in the crystal room, and she said, "Don't look at me that way, or don't look at me like that." I she said something like that she and I can't speak for her um, but I can tell you what she would tell you if she were sitting here which was she felt genuinely threatened mm -hmm. by whatever the energy not from Dakota he wasn't going to jump over the table and, right. and strike her or hurt her but that energy that had gotten a hold of him if you go back and watch that look at his eyes his eyes are just in well they're not of this world mm -hmm. they're weird and she let him have it and uh, we really did we stopped filming um, probably for 30, 45 minutes. Um, it was a really odd, odd experience. Um, and that happened in this hallway, and then there's another room that's back here behind these three windowed openings that are adjacent to the pool. It's got a dirt floor in it. Um, it was never finished. Uh, it's known as William's room. We did a lot of taping in there. Aaron captured some really good evidence in there. Um, it didn't make the cut for the show. Uh, but I remember watching the, the raw footage that they caught in there, and it was fascinating. I keep seeing something out of my right eye, so if I keep looking yeah. over there, there's a bit of a, um, I, won't, I won't say shadow, because that's not the right word, but yeah. I keep... 
There's I'm movements. Catching. I keep catching something out of the corner of my eye, so I'm try- not trying to look. Yeah, I'm not I, trying to not look at you. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> it's actually what I encourage people to do. When we first came down here, you saw I had the chairs facing this way. Mm-hmm. Because through people's peripheral vision, especially looking that way and up that way, they see things. So I always sit on this side of the pool as I'm talking to them because I want them to focus on what's going on up there. So you guys are both sort of get, you guys are exactly where you should be to be able to experience things. And we hear sounds that come from that end of the pool. Um, you know, we flip the lights off down here. And so your sense of vision is useless. Your sense of listening strengthens, I think, to compensate for that. You begin to hear things too. Yeah. But, I, and it's nothing like, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be, you know, sensationalizing or anything, but I don't feel threatened, but I do feel, I can definitely feel something over there. It, it, it's weird because, you know, I want to knock on wood again before I say it. I, yeah, I heard that. You heard that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for, you guys probably could not hear that, but there was just a, um, a very loud sound coming from an area to the right of us. Almost, I don't want to say it was like a knock, but it was an echo and I just heard something again. Yeah, it was right after I knocked on this wooden table next to us. Let's see if it'll do it again. Can you, can you make that noise one more time? Can you hear the water? The dripping is water. Mm-hmm. That's, that's normal. I feel like, yeah. yeah. Like people feel, people, right? yeah. people feel pressure. Okay. I had two, two ladies, um, not last weekend, but the weekend before last, we were spending about 30, I don't know why my voice there's no reason to speak more quietly. We were down here, um, and uh, we had about the last 30 minutes of an investigation that I was hosting. I usually try to spend the last 30 minutes here in the pool where people can just sit. And I don't like doing investigations with more than, say, a dozen people. I don't like big crowds because it takes away, I think, from the intimacy of what we're doing. Right. And uh, I had two ladies get physically ill down here. Hear that step? Mm-hmm. Now that was just here at the edge of the pool. Yeah, are you all right? I think so. Okay. If, um, if you're going to do that, can you make your presence known more clearly? Can you whistle or clap? Don't hide. It's gone. Yeah. You feel better? Are you still okay. worried about? Okay. My heart was just starting to beat like super yeah. fast. I don't know Probably anxious. Yeah, I actually, at this point of my life, actually wear a heart monitor yeah. most of the time. <laughs> I, I really do. I also do on my watch, yeah. So it's funny because um, Emma and I actually used to come when Ginger did her meetings. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, you guys won't know what we're talking about, but there's this really amazing woman named Ginger. So hi, Ginger. I don't know if you listen, but... Um, and she would have some meetings here, it was just some spiritual mm-hmm. meetings, and got to talk to like-minded people about things that you're not always comfortable sharing out in the real world. And I always felt, I was fine for like the first 20 minutes or so. Yeah. And then about 25, 30 minutes in, I just felt like somebody was just pushing, pushing, pushing on the top of my head, and not to a point where it hurt, 
but I just felt really heavy. And I got to the point where I noticed I was like, every time I was like kind of hunched over. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say a whole lot the first couple of times we were here because I didn't know the people well and I didn't want anybody to think I was, you know, a total kook. But then I finally one day just asked her, I was like, hey, you know, I get this feeling when I'm here. What is that? And she was like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know if you noticed, I'm she was constantly rearranging herself oh, doing yeah. the same things because if you are able to perceive and pick up on some things, then it does have a very heavy feeling. And I don't have that now, but I did before that was starting to happen. Um, now I feel actually kind of cool. It feels kind of nice and breezy. Yeah, it's weird that, you know, the spirits of this building, it takes energy to manifest. I mean, it takes a lot of energy for them to make noise. It, it, to make the presence known. Um, and I, I think it just sort of builds up. Mm -hmm. and, and so one of the things that y'all were both feeling before we heard that sort of flurry of activity up there, I, I think was sort of a collecting of energy in the building. And they just wanted to, to remind us that it's their building and we're down here in their pool talking about them. And me down here talking about them helps fuel it too. Mm -hmm. But they used that energy burst, I mean, I can say yeah. it that way. They've made their presence known. Now they're gonna take off and maybe come back. Ginger always did meetups in the evening. Um, it was funny, we, she hasn't done them in a long time. Yeah. Um, and there's a residual haunting uh, that uh, takes place up in the lobby mm -hmm. around nine o'clock oh, okay. um, at night. That makes sense. And uh, it happens between nine and 10. It's usually around nine, 9.30. Uh, what we believe it is, is a gentleman named August Ratz. August was the, um, the manager, is the best way to explain it, of the hotel for the Lure brothers, August and Herman Lure. And there's some great true friend stories about August Lure. I would love, I mean, it would take a whole other episode to talk about August, uh, especially well, his kidnapping. Are, how do you uh, spell his last name? L-U-E-R. Okay. Look for the 1933 kidnapping of August Lure. And uh, do your research on it, and then give me a call, okay. and we can talk about it. And his brother, Herman Lure, the same judge that presided over August Lure's kidnapping trial, presided over Herman Lure's uh, estate. Uh, Herman had four kids, left three of his kids one dollar, left the fourth child the equivalent of like 6.9 million. Oh my gosh. And uh, it was the exact That's same judge that presided over both cases. It's fascinating how all of this stuff ends up circling back together. Mm -hmm. um, but but the residual haunting in the lobby is, I think, a guy named August Ratz. He was from France. Um, he was hired by the Lure brothers to oversee the construction of this hotel in 1914, the furnishing of it, everything. August Ratz focused on every single element, from the silverware down to the candles to the, the linens for the bedrooms. And uh, he stayed with the Lure brothers until they sold the hotel. Uh, in 19, I think they sold it in 28, a year before the depression hit. And uh, uh, to best of my knowledge, August never worked again. They took very good care of him when they sold the hotel. But um, sometimes when we get really strong feelings of territoriality in the hotel, like someone wants to protect it, keep an eye on it, make sure it's it. We, we feel as though that's the spirit of August Rats, who did not die here, to your point. But I think this was the crowning achievement of his life, the construction of this magnificent hotel. So this is what brought him the most happiness, so this is where he would haunt. Yeah, and the hotel took care of him for a while. So oh, it took yeah. care of him for he the rest of his life. Yeah, he yeah. Wants to take care of him. Saved him at home and yeah, yeah. well taken care of. Very cool.
I, this is a really, a, I am so happy you let us come down here. Oh, yeah. As much as I am a little scared of some things, it is really cool. We've had really weird experiences down here. Um, you know, Cassie, there's toys along that, that wall behind you that people have brought in. There's a beach ball and stuffed animals and storybooks and just sitting up next to us, there's a stuffed monkey and a fox and I don't know what all. It, it really, it, yes, there are things that people probably picked up at a Goodwill or a garage yeah. sale, but they're trigger objects for her. She does interact with them. Cassie does play marbles. I, I thought I read pink yeah. marbles, like there's a, a connection to pink somehow. Yeah, well, I think that's just because she's a little girl and everyone wants to sort of you know, ethnocentrically suggest that little girls like pink. I mean, yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily true. She like, plays well, with let's anything. Let's get her some blue marbles. Yeah. Well, she'll play with any. I mean, there's marbles on the floor below us, I and mean, I'm sure there's somewhere in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's happened with me here is, you know, the the, the pool is sloped. Um, there is a center part that we're sitting in, but the deep end only goes maybe say 15 feet, but the shallow end goes about 60 feet up that way. But it's sloped. There's not a flat bottom on this pool. Now there's debris in the pool. There's dust and dirt, but if you roll a marble up that hill, it should roll back down. I mean, there's yeah. hardly anything other than a board or something that could get in the way. Um, I have watched marbles stop rolling, mm -hmm. and I don't mean slow, I just mean stop. stop. Like something was standing in front of them. Yeah, I've seen it happen down here. Um, we have recorded an EVP, an electronic voice phenomenon, and I'm sure your listeners know what that is, but. You know, when you do recordings, uh, when you conduct recordings uh, and you capture voices or uh, anomalies in the background, speaking or making a noise that you didn't hear with your ears at the time, uh, we capture a little girl going, Grandma! Not in pain, but... That was just a really loud bang. Loud bang. But like, Grandma, watch me. But again, it's not like that was anywhere. It sounded I, like something being moved. It did. Let's see if it comes back. Sounds like a something that's like aluminum or something. Yeah, like a metal. It was metal, whatever it was. Did you hear that trailing voice at the end of it? Uh -huh. the, yeah. That was probably loud enough to get captured. Yeah, on probably. It sounded like a young lady. Yeah. So Cassie, we have captured her. You know, Clarence Blair is not one of the spirits that really interacts frequently with folks um, in the building. Um, I'm not convinced Clarence Blair haunts the pool. Um, I think all of those nameless spirits that were brought here during seance activity do. There is a spirit known as William, which uh, is very well known down here in the pool. Um, if there was a spirit that I had to suggest was malevolent um, or angry, maybe he's shy of malevolent, he may just be pissed off. It would be William. And that is sort of who we suspected had interfered with Dakota during that filming. Um, uh, when Chip Coffee was here um, a year or two ago, um, Chip kind of got on to me because I would sort of taunt William a little bit more than I, I, I should have. And, and Chip was like, hey, Dave, lighten up on the guy. Just be nice to him and see what happens. And so Chip taught me the little whistling trick, and it seems to really, really work. He's not as bad as I thought he was. But, you know, he does raise hell, and, and he tends to be back that way. Um, that sounded, I don't know, that sounded back there to me. It might. But I don't know, because I'm looking at 
Yeah, I mean, and there's literally, I mean, the store is open in the very, very front of the building, yeah. which is, you go up the stairs here and you walk that way. My store is way down that way. Yeah. But it's, there's, Definitely sound like it's coming. there's mounds of dirt. I mean, there's piles and piles, I don't know, 20, 30 feet of dirt between us and there. The building is built on a hill, so it's actually like six stories tall. If you go down to the base of the hill and look up, you'll get one floor below the ground and then it goes up five. So okay. it's a very, very, very big building. It's more than 200,000 square feet. It's yeah, huge. It is huge, yeah. People come to investigate. and um, We rent them the building um, from like 7 p.m. at night to 7 a.m. the next morning. And uh, they can't cover everything. Walking tours, just going around the building with me at a pretty quick pace takes three and a half, four hours to see everything. There was one coming up on a Sunday that her and I were looking yeah. at, but then I have to get up from work, so I may have to take the day off. The yeah, day. Um, the, the daytime tour, people ask this question too, is like, well, the day, why would you want to come, oh, sorry, here. why would you want to come in the daytime? And my answer is, think about it a little bit. I mean, humans, we have this sort of circadian rhythm, we do, and if you work during the daytime, you know, and you sleep at night, you are less aware of things that go on at night. Mm -hmm. I know that we want to make nighttime spooky time because we can't see as well. But why would our activities be any different in death than they are in life? And so if these spirits exist in sort of a parallel plane that we do, mm -hmm. then the building is going to be way more haunted in the daytime when there was activity in the daytime than there was at night. No one was walking around this building at three o'clock in the morning. Right. So why would the ghost be moving around at 3 in the morning? They wouldn't. That, that sounds like a door. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it happens all the time here, though. It really, truly, I could take you upstairs to the owner's apartment. Um, things happen up there. That's where the Jasmine lady story uh, sort of originated from. She was staying in the hotel with her husband. He was a traveling salesman out in town. She was an amorous lady. And, seduced a hotel employee to go up to her room and while they were in the room you know studying the bible i'm sure her husband walked in and caught them in the middle of bible study and all hell broke loose uh, and we recorded um some really powerful evps in there really profane screaming cursing and yelling um and the fight spilled out to the top of the main staircase in the building where she was either pushed or fell um I'm nodding like you guys can see me. Sorry. Supposedly to her death, right? And, you know, it depends on who tells the story at that point. Uh, the husband, in a fit of, of, of desperation, went to the room and hung himself. No, 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 no. No. If that had happened, you'd have a dead woman in the hotel. And you'd have a dead dude hanging with a lamp cord. Mm -hmm. And the police would have showed up. Because no one would have known what to do. Right. That didn't happen. And, in fact, the story of the Jasmine Lady is not based on any historic archive or fact or paper clipping. It's a folklore haunting. I think it did happen. Um, I think that maybe the dentist story kind of fits in nicely with it, and that's what caused it. But I, I know we've recorded so many incredibly profane EVPs, particularly two men fighting. And I know that that staircase just is an awful, awful place to investigate because of what we experienced. I think what happened is she fell down the stairs. It was in that weird time around six or seven o'clock at night because he had come back from work and caught her. So it had to still be daylight outside. 
I, I think she fell. I think he scurried down the stairs and sort of weakened at Bernie's this thing and picked her up and said, I got this, I got it. Let me get her back to the room. Maybe she didn't die right away. Maybe he carried her back to the room and everything was good. And later that night when it was dark, after she passed, put her in the trunk of the car and dumped her in the river. I, I, and there would be no newspaper right. clipping. Can you hear that woman talking over her? It sounds like somebody's like re replying to what you're saying. Mary, is that you? Norman? We believe their names were Mary and Norman. I did hear the walking over that. Yeah. The, the, the water the water's dripping right over there. There's a pipe. Yeah. And that doesn't interfere with the recordings, but the footsteps are really... What's interesting about the footsteps in this pool is you get... I'm going to stand up and do this for your listeners to hear it. You get things like this. Like three or four steps. You don't get somebody... Yeah, it's like you're doing a wedding march, and you hear two or three steps, and, you know, it's gritty down here where we're sitting, so you hear that, that underneath my feet, and I'm wearing sandals, but the, the footsteps that we hear down here are like leather-soled, like hard-soled shoes, and you only get one or two or three, and then it stops, which is weird. It just doesn't make any sense. It's very different. Do you think that that's just them wanting someone to hear a couple footsteps? I don't know. I think maybe that's all they can get the energy to do. Maybe. I mean, I just don't know. I think that there are so many stories associated with this building, and I think each story is a layer. Okay. And think of it as like a really big, thick cake. And so, you know, there's someone who had uh, they came to the Middle Springs Hotel, and they. We're looking to find, let me back up and say this. We've got to look at it in the context of the way hotels were in the 1920s and 30s. This was not the Hampton Inn. Right. People did not come here to spend a night. I mean, they did, but they really didn't. This place was built by the Lure Brothers up to 1928, and even through the war and into the 1950s. If you came here and consumed or bathed in the mineral water, it would cure emphysema, rheumatism, cancer, whatever you had. So people, some people came here really desperate for help. And so you've got that emotional strain on them already. Other people came here because it was Alton and it was a little river town and it wasn't St. Louis. And so meet me at the Middle Springs Hotel, you know, bomb chicka wow wow time. <laughs> and it, that's what it was. And, and other people came here, I mean, you know, there's always stories in every hotel of this age of people running prostitution out of a place like this. And there is a story that is associated with the second floor of this building that there was um, a presence of that here um, for a number of years. So it could have been someone who came here desperate to have a physical relationship. So you have all these different layers of people who came here for different needs, whatever those needs were. And you start to say, okay, well, here's the the dude that was coming here to have his cancer cured. Here was the lady whose husband was cheating on her here at the hotel. 
Here is the man who caught his wife in bed with someone else. Here's Clarence Blair who drowned in the pool. Here's Lou Harwood who committed suicide in the hotel bar. Here's Pearl Sands who committed suicide in the hotel room on the second floor over my store. She did. Seems like a lot of pain has yeah, occurred here. But you get this layer cake of pain. And it depends in the present, we're like the fork. And we, what layer do we stop at? Right. How deep do we penetrate into this cake? So I think we get little glimpses of the different levels or planes of existence that the spirits are in. And that's it. And you know, and you can go from one room to the next and the next and the next and have a different experience no matter where you go. Like I could take you guys up to Pearl's room right now and it's a totally different feeling. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to plant seeds in your mind. If we had a fourth person with us, I would whisper in their ear how you would feel when we get up there. And then I would ask you how you feel. And with about a 95% certainty, I'll nail it. Because right. I know exactly what happens in that room, particularly to ladies. Because I know Pearl's story. And that's where she took her last breath, and it's really sad. And, and women, more than men, tend to feel this tr tremendous pressure. And, and they just want to lay down or sit down and rest. And that's what she did. She checked in at the hotel under a false name, took some sleeping pills, uh, fell asleep, went into cardiac arrest, and died. And when she didn't check out the next day, um, her death wasn't reported right away. At least her, her, her missing person report wasn't filed by her husband for a number of days. And when he finally found, or when he finally filed the report, the police said that sounds like the woman from the Middle Springs. They put the husband together with Pearl's body at the funeral home. That's Pearl. Um, you know, she was treated very horribly to death. Um, and there's you lots of stories. You're saying that there. people feel like they just want to lie down. That's probably what she was feeling as the sleeping pills took effect. And, yeah. Her, and she just, or even before that, yeah. she just depressed and sad. Yeah, I could her see family that. still lives around here. Their, their house is gone. Her family still is around here. And this is a contentious point with a lot of people. Well, I say a lot of, a handful of people. Members of her family come here every year, every other year, to go up to her room and pay their respects to her where she died. They're wonderful human beings. They're the sweetest, kindest people. They really are wonderful. There are a handful of descendants that say, oh, you know, uh, Middle Springs Hotel profits off of Pearl's death. That is such a crock of shit. This building needs millions of dollars of right. repairs. I am not going to get a million dollars He off. says while he's wearing his furs. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely, right? Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it pisses me off sometimes because, you know, there, there is no desire to profit off of anything here. There really isn't. I don't even own the building. Yeah. I don't get anything. Yeah, I mean, if there was a desire to do that, it would have happened a long time ago. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to repair this building. Right. And I, I, don't, I certainly have no desire to do it. It's, I get asked all the time, would you guys ever reopen the pool? And it's like, to what end? Why would we do that? I would not swim down here. No, of course not. Who Even would? if this were painted white yeah. and fabulous like it used to be and there was somebody playing, yeah, if I, had, I could not swim in this pool. If you had 50 Chippendale dancer no. lifeguards or yeah. 50... Nope. Baywatch girl lifeguards. I don't care what you're into. It doesn't, it's none of my business. You still wouldn't get in this thing. No, There's no absolutely way. not. And, no. and I love to be scared and I love to be freaked out. But this, I, I don't know. It's not even, I'm not scared. I, it just feels so heavy here. 
It does, and it will take a toll on you. Uh -huh. I mean, imagine being in this building 12, 15, 18 hours a day, six days a week, now for seven years. Yeah, I'm sure. I wonder you want to go to California. Well, it's, yeah, it's weird though. It's funny because I, and I'll be, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm brutally honest. When I get here in the mornings, all I want to do is leave. But then when it's time to leave, all I want to do is stay. So you feel like there's a pull of the oh, building yeah. that it has on you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no doubt about it. The building gets a hold of you. Um, I'm not going to say it gets a hold of your soul because that gives the building some power that it doesn't really have. Like the shiny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's not like that at all, but, but you know, you just, you just care about it. I mean, you know, I, I talk about Pearl and, and the Jasmine Lady and Cassie and Clarence and Lou Harwood and, all, you know, all of these ghosts, these spirits, but in my mind, as I speak about them, it's as though I'm speaking about a friend. Mm -hmm. I can and see that. the Rolodex in my mind, there's, there's personalities associated with each of them. There's an appearance for each of them because I've seen many of them. And, um, you know, and they have, this is, this is when your listeners go, there he goes, he's off the rails. <laughs> I, I'm not a paranormal kook. I don't wear, you know, like a size medium black t-shirt all the time that's <laughs> two sizes too small. I don't have a shitty mustache. I don't have bad tattoos. I don't live in my parents' basement with broadband internet. I'm a high-functioning retired Navy officer. <laughs> Uh, who's happily married and has been that way for years and years and years, and I rescue dogs and horses. Uh, I drive a pickup truck. That being truck. said, I'm going to drop some crazy stuff on yeah. you. Um, having said all of that, as high-functioning as I like to believe that I am, um, the spirits of this building are personal to me. Mm -hmm. um, not having family in Alton, this became my family. My customers became my first family. Obviously, but the spirits of this building are a close second, and I, I feel incredibly protective of them. Uh, the only time I've ever come close to blows with someone was I caught a tweaker who had broken in upstairs, and there's a little vase of red flowers in Pearl's room that someone brought here during an investigation for Pearl. And I caught this piece of shit trying to run out the front door with Pearl's flowers, and I lost it on this guy. And I am the least threatening person in the right. world. Well, it's just so Anyways. Yeah, but it really upset me because, you know, he shaved head, bad mustache, reeking of Axe body spray, <laughs> but, you know, shirt and shorts that were five sizes too big for him. You guys get the picture, Jersey yeah. County Method. And uh, I just lost it. I'm sure. I was not happy about it because of pearls. Yeah. And to me, Pearl is this sort of, not grandmotherly. I mean, I'm older than Pearl was when she died, but Pearl is maternal to me. That, that makes sense. Yeah. And I can see you feeling protective yeah. over not let, allowing someone to desecrate her spirit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She was desecrated in death. I mean, her husband had her finger removed to get her wedding ring off because he wanted to pawn it to pay his gambling debts. She was. Yeah, she deserves better than she that. She did. She yeah. absolutely did. What else do you guys want to know about this building? I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else that you haven't talked about. No, this has been awesome. It has been super cool. I'm I gave you an hour. I can give you ten more whenever you want them. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll definitely have to come back at yeah. some point. Yeah. There's a lot that, to learn, I feel like. Yeah, sure. we could do, I mean, it's entirely up to you all and what your listeners would like. Um, I'd be happy to take you down to the slaughterhouse sometime, and we can do another session yeah, down there. Okay. And talk about those. I would love to, to do August Laura's kidnapping uh, with you sometime. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, it's fascinating. It's that really would be awesome. incredible. That would be awesome. Um, there's a 
can I plug something? Absolutely, or please. Plug whatever you like. I don't know the, well, okay, if you want to come see the building, that's easy to do. Just, you can go to It's Raining Zen on Facebook or Instagram. You'll find the link to tours. If you look it up on Eventbrite, that's where the tickets are, or you can just come by the shop. Um, there are published dates uh, for daytime and evening tours, but, but here's the thing. If you have a group of people, say five or more, but not more than 10, because I'm not fond of big crowds, that want to do a private investigation, all you got to do is give me a call at the shop. And that number is 618-910-4558. That's actually my cell number, um, 618-910-4558. Or you can email Dave at It's Raining Zen, like It's Raining Men, but zen.com. Very clever, right? Mm -hmm. It was Very good. Clever. Um, and I'll, I'll set you up on a date that you guys, you know, want to do this. Uh, I'm retired, so my schedule's pretty wide open. So um, I love doing weeknight things, and that does work well for a lot of people. But the other shameless plug, and I don't have the date. I think it's October 25th, but the uh, St. Charles Library has got a true crime uh, symposium that's going down. Uh, and it's going to be virtual this year because of COVID, and they've asked me to speak about August Lure's kidnapping. Um, so uh, if we don't get around to doing your podcast uh, before then, um, you guys can go wherever you listen to podcasts. Look up the St. Charles County Library for August 25th, their true crime series, and I'll be telling lots of August Lure stories that would be definitely PG-13, but entertaining and funny because this guy was an amazing dude who the likes of him haven't been seen in Alton in, in 50 years. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'll definitely tune into that. Yeah. That sounds cool. All right. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so very, very much. This was awesome. Thanks. I yeah. have a new appreciation for um, how creepy it can be down here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. Imagine spending the night down here. Um, every once in a while when the shop gets really, really busy, I'll just take a break and come down here and sit. But I do it with the lights off. I don't really like the lights on. Yeah. It would have been good for this today. Um, and I've spent the night in the building a couple of times. Um, just out of necessity, we thought things weren't quite right. Like, we heard static or we could smell smoke and we were worried something bad yeah. was happening or going to happen. Yeah. So I said, I got it. I'll just sleep on the couch. And uh, they make for the most restless nights of sleep I've ever had in sure. my life. Yeah. And I've slept through a lot of weird shit. Yeah, I, I also have a new um, newfound appreciation for the spirits that reside here, and I think that I can appreciate them not as much as you, but I know how you feel about wanting to safeguard them and keep them, yeah, keep them good, protected and good. Yeah, they're family to me, and uh, and we love them, and and we want what's best for them, and what's best for them is to leave them alone, and to introduce them to people who come. Um, who genuinely would like to try and understand them and have an experience to put life in perspective. Not just like a cheap thrill. Right. Yeah. Learn something yeah. Like scratch me, make a noise, yeah. dance monkey dance. I, yeah. I don't do I don't like that. that stuff. No. Um, yeah, because it's just, it's just not cool. Yeah, and it's, it's not very respectful of the mm -hmm. dead. No. It's not a way I would want to be treated if I were someone hiding. Can you imagine if you were a ghost that haunted this building and someone came in here and it's like, make an eye, scratch me. Right. You'd be like, yeah. Or what? Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd be like, bitch slap, smack. You want to scratch me? <laughs>
scratch. I'm going to show you scratch. <laughs> You're not going to like it. Breaking news. Man yeah. gets pushed in the pool at Middle Springs <laughs> yeah. and snaps his neck. Yeah. Well, thank you. It picked up a lot more of the sounds than I expected. And so I'm hoping you guys got to hear all of the things that we were experiencing in the moment. And holy hell, that was quite possibly the most paranormal activity I have ever personally witnessed. Mm -hmm. It's weird when like, it's one thing for one person to hear things because it's like, okay, yeah. you could just be hearing stuff because you're in this place you've never been before but when like all three people that are sitting there mm -hmm. collectively like pause because we clearly heard something that is inexplicable because as he said like we are so far underground and the business is so far in the away front. in yeah. the front that any like opening of doors or any like furniture moving we would like It'd be physically impossible for us to hear that happen. And that was a metal door. Yeah. Which there they weren't don't metal have. doors. Yeah. They, they were just they regular have like wood, wood or doors. like glass doors. They don't have things that sound like aluminum being like thrown against a wall. No. And I did find it, I found it interesting at the time and I found it interesting again um, listening to it that I had been seeing things out of the corner of my eye for a while and I hadn't mentioned it um, just because I. I don't know. I thought maybe I might be imagining things at first. I was like, there's no way. But it was, like I said in the interview, it wasn't like a shadow. It was just the constant motion of somebody like walking back and forth. But every time I turned and looked with my full eyes instead of using my periphery, there was nothing there. But the minute I looked back, I could see it again over there. And it was almost just like a wafting mirage I guess would be like you know when you look at a heat mirage kind of like that like an energy like a moving energy and also the way that I was sitting I was facing <laughs> directly in the area that she claims that she's seeing these things from so that I was doing my best like near the end there to not look at it at all because I know that he says that everything there is very respectful mm -hmm. and kind but he did say that there are the one that at least one there is at least one malevolent spirit that he thinks predominantly resides in that area right um and it felt very oppressive like a very oppressive energy especially just looking in that area and if you've been listening for a while you know that i'm a, a skeptic so it's like weird for my bot they probably knew <laughs> the ghosts were like <laughs> this bitch doesn't believe like we're going for her full force but it was, I can't explain it. It was very weird. I felt yeah. like sick, like physically sick when I got home afterwards. Which I is when not, she made me smudge. I didn't, couldn't even eat dinner really. I ate like half of a fajita, which is also out of my <laughs> character. <laughs> so, not like her. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was very, it was very cool. And I said this to him multiple times. I did not expect to get to go down there. It has been on my bucket list to do for a very long time is do a full investigation at the mineral springs mall which i think we are going to get to do i'm really excited i feel like we've got a really good um maybe budding relationship going on mm -hmm. where we can go and do some more things and bring you guys some cool stuff i'm very interested in going up to pearl's room 
and checking that out. There's also like a slaughterhouse. I'm not so keen on the slaughterhouse yet. Yeah, he I, said that he was like, I can take you guys to the slaughterhouse. It was like right after my freak out moment. And I'm like, yeah, I can't yeah, handle this. What makes you think I can go there? I'm not doing that right now. Maybe give me a, a break for a second and then I can do it. Yeah, for sure. It is. Uh, it was one of the coolest experiences I have ever had, and I'm really glad we got to do it together. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry you were scared. I wasn't necessarily scared. I just felt very panicked. It was yeah. a, a weird feeling. And we, for like the past couple of years, we've been living vicariously through the Ghost Adventures episode because they got to see stuff in there that we had never seen mm-hmm. before. And they did a very good job at showing all of that. Um, they went to places, though, that like when he was pointing out where they were, I don't think I'd want to go back there. No. It was really dark and... Very dark, very, like, warehouse-y with, like, just... It did not look Dirt like... and, yeah. yeah. I you, mean, I would go back there, I'm saying. But... I don't know if I... I don't think I would. <laughs> I mean, I might. I, I probably would. It, I just don't think there'd be a reason for me to. Yeah. There's other places in that building that I would be more inclined to want to go to before that. Mm-hmm. And I do think, and I know we talked about it a little bit in the interview, I do find it really interesting that, like Emma said, she got that really panicked feeling and felt very oppressed. And that happened every time to me before something were to, before we heard something or there was like footsteps. And I I don't think I could hear the footsteps um, as clearly as we did when we were there. If you can, maybe you can isolate and pull that sound out at home. But I'm really sad that you didn't get to hear that because it was really close to where we where we were sitting, and it was a, I thought somebody was definitely walking over that way. There's a point in there where we we all collectively heard something, and he was like trying to get a reaction from whatever it was that we were hearing, and he like whistled trying yeah. to get it to whistle back, and I like distinctly remember thinking to myself, if I hear a whistle back <laughs> from that, that direction, it's over. <laughs> yeah, like we're, I'm done. Because that's, like, a whole nother level of, like, manifestation that... Yeah. I think it's really cool how comfortable he is with the building. Um, I did ask, as you heard, if he's ever been afraid there. And there's only been a couple instances, which is awesome, considering I think they're going on, like, their sixth or seventh year having their shop in that building. So... He said, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. And I do want to say, too, I'm sorry that it cut off so abruptly at the end, but... We can only record for an hour on our phones and didn't know that until it shut off on literally marker hour. It was perfect timing, though. The conversation was wrapping up, so you didn't really miss anything. Just some awkward silence and pausing and like, okay, how we... (laughs) And then, yeah, I got some pictures of where we were at. Didn't take as many pictures as I wanted to because I felt like maybe we needed to just move on for the day and um, let Dave get back to his life and Emma was I could tell not feeling super comfortable there still so maybe next time we go I'll get a little more pictures but you'll find those we'll post them on Twitter Instagram and Facebook so you can check them out on all of those three different places Mm -hmm. and please he, he gave your gave you his information in the show I'm also gonna post it in the show notes in the description so you can Book a haunted tour if you'd like. Go visit the Mineral Springs Mall. Buy something cool. At, it's raining zen. Just like we said, go support local. We have attended a lot of events there, and they're all really unique and really exciting and really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, like, running right now, but there is a Curiosity Museum as well that's in there, which is not ran by um, 
Dave, I believe, but no. it's we've been in there. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. If you're into like the old timey like torture devices and stuff like that, they have all of those. So it's like cool. It's I didn't realize how big that building is. Apparently, it's like six stories tall. Yeah, and from like the front, you could not tell at all. It's like two stories in the front. Yeah, and they have people living in there. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, hats off to whoever the hell decided they wanted to be renting out a room in that place. It'd probably be. Cool, I guess. I mean, I it's it was refurbished, and I think it's pretty neat. Yeah. I do have to say one more thing about it. When we got there, I, I had just left work and had to use the restroom, so I went back and used the restroom, and I had serious Amityville vibes when I walked into the restroom because there were, like, five or six giant-ass horseflies that were just buzzing all over, and I mean giant horseflies. And they were flying all over. They were, like, flying at my head, and it was incredibly scary, so... I went in there thinking I was just going to quickly go to the bathroom and get back out. And then I was already kind of a little elevated when I left. But mm. that being said, when we got downstairs, I was way more excited than it was anything else. So I know that the things that we felt and saw were not fear-driven. It was definitely things that were actually happening. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed doing it. And we will be coming back next week with a true crime story that Emma is bringing to you. Mm-hmm. I'll keep it a secret for now. But All we're right. heading up to the eastern region of the United States. <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening to Monsters and Mixers podcast. Please give us a like and follow on your preferred listening platform. If you feel inclined, we'd love a five-star rating. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. I think we just recently hit 100 followers on Twitter. Um, we did. We tweet on there, and there's also, like, a cool little community of podcasters just like us on there, so you could find another podcast that you would like to listen to. Um, I've been listening to a few, um, trying to make my way through our follows and followers, and I really like E-Spooky Tales. It's really good. And then there's another one that I like. It's Two Girls, One Ghost, and they're really good. So if you have not listened to them, you can give them a try also if you're all caught up on our episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in yeah. the meantime... Get out there and meet some ghosts. And make some toasts.